Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Kingdom Connection. First of all, I want to say thank God for each and every one of you who join us every week or every day even in some areas for this telecast. We deeply, deeply appreciate you taking time to be taught the Word of God and what an honor it is to teach the Word of God to you. I believe today's message is one of the most important messages I have ever brought you on Kingdom Connection because it is God's Word and it is a Bible principle that will bless you and your family and your life in a way that maybe you've never seen before. I'm going to talk today on the importance of blessing and supporting the nation of Israel. When a church, a nation, or a family, or even an individual decides to bless Israel, a supernatural blessing returns to that nation. This is so important for America to remember this, to that family, to that church or ministry, and to that individual. A supernatural blessing returns when a decision is made to bless the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. Let me give you a Bible for that. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3 says, I will bless those that bless you. God made that promise to Abraham and he was giving it in reference to, I'll bless those who bless the nation of Israel, your seed and the people and land of Israel. And I'll curse those who curse you, he went on to say. There's a great example. There's a blessing that comes on you when you bless Israel. In the Old Testament, for example, the Pharaoh of Egypt in Joseph's time, Joseph the Bible character in the Old Testament, that Pharaoh understood that if he blessed God's people, he would be blessed and he brought a magnificent blessing upon the nation of Egypt and upon his kingship. The Bible said that the that the Pharaoh of Egypt gave Joseph and the Jewish and his Jewish family the rich farming lands of Goshen. And when he did that, he did it for a reason because it was Joseph who had the dream, you remember, and warned him of a coming famine. He saw seven skinny cows and seven fat cows. The seven skinny cows represented a famine. The fat cows represented a time of plenty. And he said to Pharaoh, if you want to make it through the famine, if you don't want your nation to be impoverished, then you need to store up food for the famine. And the Bible said when he did that, the favor and blessing of God came upon that Pharaoh. Egypt would have starved to death in the time of famine, but because they blessed Joseph and his family, something supernatural happened. The Bible said that Pharaoh became the richest man in the land because they traded food for real estate. And because of this, the most powerful nation in the world in that time in history was Egypt because its leadership blessed the Jewish people. God help us in America to always make sure that we support people in our public offices from the president to senators to the House to the Congress. We have got to support people as Christian believers, Bible believers. We must support and get behind and vote for and pray for our leaders 
and make sure those leaders are powerful supporters of the nation of Israel. Because what happened was when Joseph and, and his family were there in Egypt, God blessed that nation so much so that all the way over into the New Testament, there was a tie to the nation of Egypt and Israel under Pharaoh's that blessed Israel. But then there's this strange verse that says, And there arose another Pharaoh in Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he did not like Joseph, and he did not bless Joseph nor his God. And God didn't just say, I'll bless those that bless you, including nations and families, but He said, I'll curse those that curse you. You remember the story. He enslaved the people of God. He began to make their lives absolutely miserable. He began to oppress the Jewish people, and He began to steal and wipe out all of the people's rights there in Egypt. And they were enslaved. And they would even drown the sons of the Jewish people in the Nile River because they were increasing and becoming too populous. And the Bible said that, that Pharaoh was afraid that the Jewish uh, people were going to outnumber the Egyptians, so he started killing the male children and drowning them in the Nile River there in Egypt. Remember this, if you don't hear anything else in this message, what you do to the Jewish people, God will do to you. Pharaoh drowned the Jewish sons in the Nile River. And what happened? When God brought them out of Egyptian bondage, God drowned the Egyptian army, the sons of the Egyptians, and the king Pharaoh himself. And his, and his own son was killed when the, when the blood was not applied to the palace doorpost. When you, when, what you do to the Jewish people, God will do to you the most powerful dictator in the world, the most powerful military army in the world, Egypt at that time, was reduced to fish food. When the Red Sea caved in on the army of Pharaoh, it annihilated the economy of Egypt. They have never recovered to this day. And it annihilated, of course, Pharaoh and his army. I want to say today that the Bible said in Psalms 121 in verse 3, He that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. In other words, God is watching Iran. God is watching Iraq and all the enemies around the nation of Israel. God is watching Israel. God is watching Syria. God is watching what America and Washington, D.C. does concerning policies that relate to the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. God is watching the United Nations. And we need to always remember that God will bless those who bless Israel and He will curse those who curse it. You see, when Pharaoh persecuted the Israeli Jewish people, God sent ten, ten plagues. Ten plagues. He would not let them go. He oppressed them and he cursed them. And when he did, God sent ten plagues and wiped out the best economy in the world and the strongest military in the world. Some trust in horses and chariots, but we in America better get back to what the Bible teaches and stand for what is right. The health and military and wealth and military power of Egypt disappeared literally overnight. 
The same thing happened to the Babylonian Empire. When Nebuchadnezzar attacked Israel and destroyed the walls of Jerusalem and the temple and left none of it standing, he cursed Israel and the Babylonian Empire was wiped out eventually. The same thing happened to the Roman Empire. When they crucified Jesus, there came that, I will curse those that curse you and they're gone and they're finished. The Roman Empire is no more. The Babylonian Empire is no more. The Nazi Empire under Hitler, through the Holocaust, murdered over six million Jews, children, women, babies, and um, tried to exterminate the entire Jewish race. But God said, I'll bless those that bless Israel. I'll curse those that curse Israel. And all of these people, Hitler and the Nazis and the Roman Empire that came against Israel, the Babylonian Empire that came against Israel, they're all in the boneyard, graveyard of history. But Israel is still alive. Israel is thriving. Israel is surrounded with a wall of invisible fire and angelic protection. Listen to this in Genesis 30 and verse 27. God blessed a man by the name of Laban simply because he hired a man named Jacob, a Jewish man. He hired him and God blessed and prospered Laban's personal business. It began to multiply and increase supernaturally. So much so that the Bible said that Laban recognized that his prosperity increased dramatically when he hired Jacob. By the way, Jacob got in a wrestling match with an angel and God said, I'm changing your name from Jacob to Israel. And watch what he said. Listen to what Laban, this businessman, said concerning Jacob, who would become his son-in-law in time. He said, God has blessed me. This is in Genesis 30 and verse 27. God has blessed me because of you, Jacob. And remember, Jacob's name became Israel. God has blessed me, a Gentile. Laban was a Gentile because I blessed the Jewish people and the man named Jacob who would become Israel, who would have 12 sons that would become the 12 tribes and a whole nation would be born. Jacob, you see, had nothing but a stick when he started working for that man, but God prospered him so much that he had so many cattle, so many sheep, so much gold, so that he could fulfill the destiny of Israel or Jacob and the children of Israel. And God prospered him and blessed him and God changed his name because God says, anyone who blesses Israel, I will bless you. In Luke chapter 7, there is a remarkable story in verses 1 through 10. The Bible said there was a centurion, which means he was not of Jewish descent. He was a Gentile like me, like most of you watching me today. And this Gentile centurion had a sick servant that he loved. And the scripture said that the Gentile had expressed his love for the Jewish people so much in building them synagogues. And when they approached Jesus and said, this man wants you to pray for his servant. He, he, he has a servant who is sick and he wants you to pray. And the Bible said this is very unusual because the, they knew that Jesus being a rabbi did not mix with Gentiles 
But even the leaders, the Pharisees, came to Jesus and said, We recommend that you pray for this Gentile. And Jesus said, Why? And listen to what the answer was in verses 4 and 5. They said, You should pray for him and heal his servant, number one, because he loves our country. Well, what was their country? Israel. He loves Israel. And number two, he has built us a synagogue. He has done good works in our nation. He has built and helped our people. And even though he's not of Jewish descent, I, we want you to pray. And Jesus Christ prayed for that Gentile man and prayed for his servant. And when he got home, the servant was healed. When Gentiles start to bless the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, God releases and begins to move in His supernatural power on behalf of those families, businesses. I just gave you an illustration of a man who blessed Israel and because of it, his business grew. I believe our nation, America, is at a crossroads. If ever we needed to pray, if ever we needed to vote, if ever we needed to say, I'm not for this party or that party, I stand solid on these words. It's the hour in which we are in. And one of the Bible principles is whoever, what, how a nation t treats the nation of Israel is how God will treat that nation. If you bless that nation and those people, God will bless you. He'll bless your nation. He'll bless your economy. He'll bless your children and your children's children. But if you curse them, if you put people in offices who, who hate Israel and do not support Israel, and even want alliances with other nations that hate Israel, be careful because that will bring the curse. I will bless those that bless you. Christianity cannot exist without our Jewish roots. You see, when Gentiles start to bless the nation of Israel, God pronounces, and you and I are Gentiles, He pronounces supernatural blessings. Watch this. The Jewish people have given us so much. They have given us all of the Word of God. Every word in this book was written by Jewish hands as the Holy Spirit moved upon different men in different times, in different dispensations. But every one of these books of the Bible were written by Jewish hands as the Holy Spirit. Our whole Bible was given to us from Jewish hands and Jewish people. The patriarchs of our faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, were all Jewish. David, Ezekiel, Isaiah, all were Jewish. The apostle Paul was Jewish. And even Paul taught in Romans chapter 11, he says, make sure that the branches, when they're being becoming fruitful and prosperous, make sure that the branches, uh, they, they don't boast against the roots of the tree. What Paul was teaching was how that some in the Gentile and, and in the church were saying, we don't need our roots anymore. We don't, we're not connected. He says what he's really saying is because the roots support you Christians, the limbs don't support the roots. The roots support the limbs. And can you imagine a tree if you sever the, the fruit on maybe on the limbs and it may be prospering, but if you sever the connection to the roots, it's a matter of time before the limbs dry up and are fruitless. Well, I'm telling you today, 
that all of the blessings that we have under the new covenant are connected. And the new covenant is in Jesus Christ and it's the better covenant. But he also goes on and says, Paul argues in Romans 11, don't let the limbs boast as though they don't need the roots of the tree anymore. That's a profound thought. The 12 disciples were all Jewish. The apostle Paul was Jewish. Here's an amazing verse in the New Testament, John 4 and verse 22. Salvation is of the Jews. We know it's through one man, Jesus Christ, but without the contribution, the Jewish contribution of Jesus Christ, we would not have salvation. It came through Jesus Christ and his descent and all of his descent on his mother's side. We know his father was in heaven, but his mother's side was Jewish. And God trusted that people and blessed that people. And we would not be here today. It's time to stop praising all the Jews and and appreciating all the Jews of the past, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that have died while ignoring the Jews that are alive in our generation and in our time. You see, Joseph and Jesus both are the same Hebrew root word. The Old Testament word Joseph is the same Hebrew root word of Jesus. Now watch, watch and see something amazing. The word Joseph means Savior. The word Jesus means Savior. Jesus saved the world from sin and Satan through His precious blood. Joseph saved the world from starvation. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And He said at the communion table, this bread is my body and this fruit of the vine is my blood. And that's what feeds a starving world. Jesus. Joseph of the Old Testament was his father's favorite son and and he made him a coat of many colors. Jesus was his father's favorite son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Joseph was thrown into, was rejected by his own brothers. And Jesus went into his own and his own received him not. Joseph was thrown into a pit and left for dead. And Jesus was thrown into a a grave and left for dead. But Joseph was raised up from the pit and he ended up in the palace at the right hand of, of Pharaoh. Jesus was thrown into the grave and he rose from the dead and sits at the right hand of the Father. Joseph, you see, did not recognize, his brothers didn't recognize who Joseph was in the Old Testament story. You remember how he goes and he becomes so powerful. He disguised himself and talked in the Egyptian language. And when his brothers came during the famine, they did not even recognize it. It had been so long since they had seen him and sold him into slavery. They didn't even recognize who he was. But on the third visit, on the third visit, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. He showed them who he really was. It's interesting that, that the Jews have come into the land called Israel three times throughout history and only three. The first time was when Joshua crossed over the Jordan River for the first time with the children of Israel and they took the promised land. The second time was after Babylonian captivity and the third time was May 1948 when Israel became a nation. The United Nations said in one day, We are going to acknowledge Israel as a nation. 
It's a fulfillment of Isaiah 66 and 8. A nation shall be born in a day. That's happened in our generation. And on the third visit, the Joseph of the Old Testament revealed to his brothers who he was. How did he do that? He did it through the scars of circumcision in his body. You see, the Egyptians didn't circumcise their sons. And when he revealed himself, the Bible uses that term, he revealed himself, he showed him the scars, the circumcision scars, the signs in the Old Testament of the covenant with God was circumcision. Listen to this. The Bible predicts that after the rapture takes place, that the eyes of the Jewish people will be opened and Joseph, by just as by the scars in his body, showed who he was. The Scripture says that the Jewish people are going to recognize who the Messiah is when He comes again, according to Zechariah 12 and 10. And when they see Him whom they have pierced or crucified, they will weep as one who weeps for their son seven days. They will know Him by the scars, the nail-scarred hands and His feet and in His side and in His hands. Praise God. Praise God. And I guess what I'm preaching to you in conclusion today is what Romans 11 in verse 1 says, Has God cast away His people, the Jewish people and the nation of Israel? He said, Certainly not. God has not cast them away. And you know something? We're not going to cast them away. And I'm today teaching you the principle of how God will bring favor on you and your family. He told Abraham, as the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea, so shall your seed be. What does that mean? The skies of the stars are, are, are a representation of the spiritual children of Abraham. That's you and I. The sands of the seashore are a representation of the physical children, the nation of Israel. And you got sand down here by the millions, and you got stars up here by the millions, and there's physical Israel, and there's spiritual Israel. And when the two connect, when we, the body of Christ, the stars, the spiritual Israel shine light and reflect the light from the Son, Jesus Christ, and we do good works and we bless the nation of Israel and we stand with the nation of Israel. And when war breaks out and when trouble breaks out, we don't back off of our commitment. And when Israel is under attack, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray and we connect. And that's what I believe is so critical for us to teach because I know when we as a ministry began to connect this ministry in powerful and, and, and incredible good works in the nation of Israel, something supernatural happened to this ministry. The favor, the blessing of God, the hand of God came upon us. I want to ask you a question. Do you want God to fight for you? Do you want God to supply all your needs? Do you want the favor of God to shine on you and your children? Remember what this preacher tells you. If you ever start blessing what God has blessed, you will see favor. You will see God fight for you. You will see the resources that you need to do the will of God. And today I'm so encouraged to tell you that you today, I believe, have been called of God to stand with the nation of Israel and support it like never before. I want to pray for you 
today. I want to pray for your business. I want to pray for your family. I want to pray for America. I want to pray that we will understand as we're approaching, you know, things that we've never seen as a nation before. Things are happening and crazy stuff is being taught even to our children in schools and universities to hate Israel and turn their backs on Israel. But Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today and I speak across the many nations of the world who are hearing this, and I pray that there will come from the body of Christ a support and a love to comfort God's people, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. Lord, I ask you to bless and favor people who bless what you bless. I thank you for it, and I ask it in the name of Jesus. God cares. God knows what you're going through. And today, if there's a need in your life, pray this prayer with me today. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to spend my life pleasing you. I give you my life. I give you my family. I pray for our nation. I pray today, God, that you would make this message real to my heart and that there would be a love for Israel like never before because I want to bless what you bless. I pray today's message has touched you. And I'm in agreement with you today that as you hear and obey the scriptures, God is going to bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.